Hello, and welcome to the U.S. Center for Safe Sports podcast series. At the center, we are dedicated to making athlete well-being and safety the centerpiece of sport culture. Our podcasts will connect individuals to important conversations on getting the best and safest experience out of sports. Get ready to learn valuable information, shareable tips, and helpful resources to keep you engaged in the game. One important note, information about or reasonable suspicion of child abuse, including child sexual abuse, must be immediately reported to law enforcement and the U.S. Center for Safe Sport, and individuals must comply with any other applicable state or federal laws. Today, we will be discussing child abuse prevention. Our guest today is Dr. Melissa Merrick, President and CEO of Prevent Child Abuse America. Happy listening and welcome, Melissa. Hi, Vanessa. Thanks for having me. I'd like to start off by having you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got to be where you are today with Prevent Child Abuse America. Sure, thanks. Um, I'm just excited to be with you all today. Um, I've been with the organization as president and CEO since July, so it's been sort of a whirlwind the last several months, obviously. Um, But I've really spent my entire career in this field of child abuse uh, prevention. Started, you know, um, really as an undergraduate, really interested in service work, community service work in Philadelphia with foster youth. I then, you know, went on to have a post-bac fellowship at NIH, like learning what kinds of questions you could, you know, ask young people to elicit accurate details and memories of the abuse experience. Went on to get my PhD in clinical psychology and really have focused on um, family violence issues my entire career. And then really when I became a mom myself, I was on postdoc and um, I just remember uh, really having difficulty separating from treating families after the fact to really wanting to be in the business of preventing early adversity like child abuse and neglect before it started. So I then spent the last 10 years or so of my career at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in the Injury Center um, and really led, was fortunate to lead a lot of the child abuse and neglect prevention activities for CDC and for government, served as the lead scientist for adverse childhood experiences, study, and really just um, have learned a lot about what things we all can do to prevent child abuse and neglect before it starts. So just really fortunate to be in this new role with really a national reach through our state chapters. We have a nationwide state chapter network, including chapters in DC and the territories. We also have an evidence-based home visiting model called Healthy Families America, which is in 38 states um, and DC and abroad that really provides um, services in home to families to help them navigate new parenthood and also to really um, uh, cope with stress and trauma throughout the year. So we serve about 70,000 families um, a year in Healthy Families America as well. Thank you. We are so excited to have you here today. Let's talk about April being Child Abuse Prevention Month. What is that? Yeah, you know, like many, many topics and so important, so many topics, we have these awareness months. And so 19, since 1982, there has been this uh, child abuse 
Prevention Month in April, so almost 40 years. It's really a time to act collectively, to raise awareness, and really to empower people across the nation to play a role in making great childhoods happen. And you know, what I think about this is that it really is an opportunity for us through our friends, through our families, through our robust nationwide networks to really draw attention to safe, stable, nurturing relationships and environments that really help children achieve their maximum health and life potential forever, right? Throughout their lifespan and intergenerationally. So we like Safe Sport really focus on what are the environments that really help children and families to thrive. And then we have lots of different awareness activities. Obviously this April, a little bit different with many of us, uh, most of us learning and working from home um, as we try to sort of stem the, the curb of the current pandemic. And it's the same kind of approach, like this collective approach to prevention that we take in child abuse uh, and neglect prevention year round. You know, it's this idea that, you know, physical distancing and wearing a mask, it only really works if all of us are doing it. And the same is true in child abuse and neglect prevention. We all have a role to play um, in preventing child abuse and neglect of all children. So that's, you know, really understanding what's the role of business partners, media, certainly sports, right? And, and these kinds of environments, community organizations, we all really have a role to play, whether we're all kind of dedicated to this particular topic year round or not. We all have such an important role and multiple roles to play in preventing early adversity and trauma for all children. Absolutely. And tell us a little bit more about, you mentioned Healthy Families America and some of the other the programs and efforts that you all put out. Can you tell us a little bit more about those? Sure. So we, you know, at Prevent Child Abuse America, we really um, work on a comprehensive approach to prevention. So we take a public health approach, which really starts with what are those conditions that are really going to support children and families to thrive. So that means that part of our work is really um, in policy and policy advocacy, really advocating for those concrete economic supports for children and families that we know prevent uh, uh, some parental stress and really help families um, cope uh, as best they can with trauma um, year round. Again, we see that, that those policy level strategies are super important in this particular uh, child abuse and neglect prevention month because we have this global pandemic. And again, some of the same policy solutions like paid leave, like paid sick leave, paid family leave, these kinds of economic supports would actually allow more people to do their public health duty to stay home and, and you know, flatten the curb on coronavirus spread, but it would also help decrease stress for families and help protect children. So that's, you know, really squarely in our wheelhouse. Along with policy, we do a lot of norms change work and kind of uh, awareness campaigns that, of course, gets an extra spotlight here in April. So things like we usually have um, pinwheel gardens that people plant in state capitals all around uh, the country to really raise awareness. Obviously, this April, we've had to pivot 
entirely to a virtual pinwheel garden. So people can actually still, depending on where they live, uh, plant pinwheels on this virtual map that we have. Again, this idea of raising awareness that we actually can prevent child abuse in this country. And then of course, like you mentioned, or I mentioned before, Healthy Families America is our evidence-based home visiting model. We have also pivoted about 95% of our sites. We have about 600 sites uh, domestically. About 95% of the sites have now um, um, pivoted entirely to virtual and phone-based home visiting. Again, so important to meet the need of tens of thousands of families in this time of acute stress. We know that there's even more stress in this time of the pandemic as financial insecurity is increasing, job loss or unpaid leave, some families not having access to food um, security, you know, through uh, food programs and schools and stuff that are more challenging. So recognizing this is a particularly stressful time for families. So our work to support families um, is even more important than ever. And I think across all of our kind of activities, we're really raising awareness to the fact that social distancing, as it's been portrayed in the media, should not and must not equal social disconnectedness. Because in fact, we know that physical distancing is super important, but um, I'm sorry, emotional and social connectedness are more important than ever. So using, you know, all of this virtual technology that we have, Zoom and FaceTime and, you know, all the Microsoft Teams, all these kinds of platforms are so important to just stay connected to our own social supports as parents, right? So, you know, reaching out, even if we're staying in, is just critically important this April, but a year round for preventing child abuse and neglect. So if if an individual wants to get involved in child abuse prevention, what are some ways in which they can in their local communities? Gosh, it, you know, there's so many ways to get involved and we are always learning of more and more examples of how people have done it. So you don't have to have kind of a special skill or be trained in this area to really raise awareness. So I, I mean, just even in my neighborhood, people are putting pinwheels in their windows as, you know, families go on walks every day to kind of get out of the house while remaining physically distant and just get that fresh air, seeing these kinds of pinwheels all over, you know, again, and raises awareness to this to this issue and the fact that we all have a role to play in prevention. Um, a really cool one is a gallerist in Brooklyn, New York, you know, is not trained in this area, but learned about Child Abuse Prevention Month and that pinwheels and blue are kind of the color that raise awareness. So she has um, curated a virtual exhibition um, on artsy, you know, and is selling art and some proceeds come to the national office here um, in headquartered in Chicago. Chicago, but really it's all about raising awareness and commitment and really learning how we all have a role to play. Um, certainly we've heard from our home visitors that are now, you know, again, implementing things in a virtual space of, of you know, what joy it brings to children and adults alike when, you know, family support workers or home visitors are reading books on this kind of, you know, virtual platform. I know my own kids, you know, as we're trying to do e-learning as best we can, their teachers are sending resources and trying to stay connected. Even these 15-minute Zoom calls and such, staying connected to children and to families and really supporting children and families, I think is one of the key ways that we really um, can get involved. It's not, you know, really about 
uh, doing something so profound. It's about, you know, raising awareness and, and visibility. We've had a digital digital advocacy day where we've just empowered people to, you know, with a couple clicks to really contact their elected officials to call for, you know, Child Abuse and Neglect Prevention Treatment Act, the CAPTA uh, funds, and, and really coronavirus-specific legislation that would really provide that economic support to families. Our elected officials need to hear from all of us. So I think there's so many ways, but I think, again, a key way in the spirit of while we're learning and working at home is to just stay connected to children and to families, make sure that they know that they're not alone. Um, I know it can feel a little bit like the walls are caving in uh, for all of us, and that's that recognizing that I'm so fortunate to be able to work from home in this time and have my kids home and I don't know, I think we're doing a fair job in keeping with some routines, but for some families, the challenges are even greater in this time. So recognizing whatever we can do, you know, pr providing supports to our local food banks so that our families still have access to this. Anything that we can think of that will help just reduce just a little bit of stress on our families, I think is also critically important year round, but particularly important this April. Thank you for those recommendations. And I like how there are a lot of easy and accessible ways for individuals and families to get involved right now. So on a related note, let's close our podcast with a call to action. What's something our listeners can do right after listening to this podcast? Or what do you hope to be one of the key takeaways from today's conversation? Thanks, Vanessa. Yeah, I think, I mean, if I, if I may, the key takeaway is that child abuse and neglect is preventable. It's not like, you know, I think we hear child abuse and we think, oh gosh, those poor kids, those poor families, you know, we feel sorry and, and, and we should provide those families services after the fact. I'm not suggesting that we don't always support families after they've experienced crisis, but there are so many things we can do before families find themselves in crisis that can prevent child abuse and neglect before they occur. So recognizing that we all have a role to play in raising awareness, but also in raising commitment to prevent childhood adversity. This is things like policies, right? These economic supports to families, paid leave, um, livable wage. These are things that help families just have a little bit less stress right? Staying connected, keeping connected to people that, that, you know, have kids or that are part, we know that they struggled before um, the coronavirus pandemic that we find ourselves in, recognizing that they need even more support now to, again, protect those families. Overwhelmingly, Vanessa, most families, most parents will not mistreat their children. We're all just doing the very best that we can, but we all require social connectedness, social support. Even myself, I have a PhD in, in child psychology, right? I think I know something about child development. I have a good job. I'm able to work from home in this time. Does not mean that I don't experience multiple stressors a day and that I don't have to rely on my own social support network to keep my children and my family safe and secure and supported. We all do. And so recognizing that we can prevent child abuse 
um, in this country and around the globe and remembering that childhood lasts a lifetime. So we want the very best experiences for children early in life and throughout the lifespan. And I think, you know, I'm so thankful to your listeners today because I think Safe Sport as an organization and certainly the communities of, of sports organizations that you all serve and, and are part of your network also have such an important protective role to play in assuring health and well-being for all children. So thank you for the important work that you do year-round. Thank you. Thank you for that. And the thought that childhood lasts a lifetime is so profound and something I hope that really hits home with our listeners. And I also hope that everyone feels empowered after listening to this to go out and be a part of child abuse and neglect prevention. So thank you so much for your time and valuable insight today. Thank you, Vanessa. And to our listeners, be sure to check out www.preventchildabuse.org backslash yes, you for more information on these resources for Child Abuse Prevention Month and beyond. And also for our listeners, if you know of or suspect abuse or misconduct, report it to www.uscenterforsafesport.org. You can report anywhere, anytime on our 24-7 portal. If you have confidential or anonymous questions and want support for yourself or someone else, contact the Safe Sport Helpline through the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network at www.safesporthelpline.org. Thanks for listening and tune in next time.